I think we need that sound clip. That was a really that was a solid sound yeah, clip. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack it again. Hello and welcome to episode number 49 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Lenore, and my co-host today is Les, Date is Away. Tonight, we're continuing our intermittent series on everyday carry, and we're talking about key rings. But first, let's talk about what's exciting. So Les, what's exciting in your world? Oh, you know, not a whole lot, really. I mean, not not really, truly exciting. That's um, funny because you've got a long list here. I know I've got a lot of lists. Um, so I just finished an espresso and maybe that's why nothing is as exciting as it could be. Um, <laughs> I am writing with the Baron Fig Oracle, which I am maintaining is the pencil the archer has always wanted to be. Ah! So, you know, I- I've had some really meh experiences with the archer. Um, you know, a lot of grit. It's either soft or it's too hard or it's, you know, like cutting cutting into my paper this pencil is pretty even i haven't i've sharpened three and used them pretty consistently for a week i've written 25 pages in a composition notebook i've used it consistently in my work confidant and in my field notes and basically i've used it on every kind of paper that i have available to me and i haven't had a speck of grit yet it's not a smooth like a silky smooth pencil it kind of grabs the page like a true hb would but it is a very nice pencil given the history of the archer nice because i i really admire the design but i usually just have not enjoyed writing with the archers yeah i've i've actually gone out and said i actively hate writing with an archer Um, I love the look of them. The paint jobs are always spectacular. And the Oracle is also spectacular looking. You can roll it and come up with an answer to your question. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really cool looking pencil. And the core is finally really good. I'm shocked. Shocked, shocked, shocked. I'm so glad. Me too. I'm glad that, um, Baron Fitter actually has a pencil that's enjoyable to use. And uh, I've been watching Stargate SG-1. I, I do this every now and then. I'll just binge watch a series um, in the background while I'm doing other things. And lately it's been my in the background while I've been brewing kombucha and bottling kombucha and making yogurt. And we're doing a lot of fermented things and cultured foods at home. I don't know what that says. But anyway, um, and so Stargate SG-1 has been my show of choice for background noise. And I recently read a first draft that someone posted to Kindle Unlimited. The bones were really good. It was really tempting to just send her beta reader notes. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> if you if you had worked a little here and expanded here, you really would have had a good novel. Um, and if you'd done some editing. Um, yeah, it's just every now and then you stumble upon something on Kindle Unlimited. And it's just sort of, I get why people do it. Like, people will put their first drafts up to get feedback rather than join a a writer's group online or join the local writer's group. Or, you know, maybe someone has filled their head with full of, oh, this is fantastic. And, you know, like I said, the bones of the story were really good. Just needed some serious editing. Yeah. So anyway, related to our discussion last week about like, well, what is the point of where you're done 
with the level of bang for your buck in terms of money and what you actually like. So Bill M is one of our listeners and he sent me some pencils in the past, but he sent me an email about what um, this gearhead on YouTube named Nick Shabazz calls the Icarus point. It's where you surpass what you like in terms of money versus bang for your buck. Yeah, Um, I love this phrase. Yeah. And so it's like, and, and if you think about Icarus and, you know, if you fly too low, then your wings get soaked and you fall into the sea. You fly too high, your wings melt and you fall into the sea. Either way, you drown. <laughs> right. But um, the idea of Icarus Point, I think, is it's a really good label. It's sort of like Sable, you know, where, where you've acquired more than you need beyond what you're actually going to use within your life. But also, like, what is that point of what is too much and what's not enough. I'm feeling like I could say like which side of that the hovel is on. Oh, uh, don't even get me started on the hovel. (laughs) Uh, I I don't care how many free hovels that guy gives out. I'm not, I'm not giving you, I'm not getting you started. You already did. You got me started, Lenore. You got me started. That's not, not cool. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to leave that alone and I'm going to pass it back to you, Lenore. (laughs) Um, you know, we were talking about how you'd reached peak hipster with your kombucha, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry to have to tell you that the hipster bar has been raised. (laughs) Oh, are you Um, saying that I need to get the hovel to reach peak peak hipster? No, I was, so I was in an event at the local art museum on Friday night. They have these, you know, like one Friday a month, Friday evening, they have these events where you like go and the, the galleries open, but they also have food and they have cash bar tables set up and they mm-hmm. have events for the kids and they have performances throughout the galleries and stuff like that. It's really a really fun time. It's really cool to go to and we always enjoy it and we can, we're members so we can just go for like an hour on a free ticket and not have mm-hmm. to worry about getting our money's worth out of it or whatever. Um, so yeah, so there's this company there, Junebug Probiotic Honey Soda. Ah, so it's the June kombucha. It's just green tea and honey. I, you know, I don't know because I didn't taste it. I don't know if it's kombucha. It says soda. So, um, they say use the finest quality ingredients and brewing techniques to create a genuinely wholesome soda sweetened with unheated raw honey. Our sodas are delicious while still harnessing the benefits of live enzyme cultures. Yeah, it's kombucha. So, <laughs> I, you know, it doesn't say it's tea. I don't know. It doesn't even really say it's um, fermented. So, and I didn't try it because the line was long. But <laughs> I was like, that is literally the most hipster thing I have ever seen in my life. Probiotic honey soda. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm not going there. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what I'm excited about, I'm excited about sitting here with my beloved Mitsubishi Hi-Uni 4B Tri, which is consistently one of my top two or three pencils and other ones rotate in and out. So it may be my top pencil because it's like, there might be something else that at any given moment I might prefer, but those things change. And this one always stays in the top two or three. I just love them so much. And I don't usually like tries, but this one just, it just fits my hand and it feels really nice. And I've got a uh, pilot B2P little 
slick pen in green here that I'm writing in my Baron Fig computer world that I have set up for RSVP podcast recording. Uh, I'm drinking some Lapsang Souchong tea, which is that lovely, lovely smoke. And I'm sure it's every time I make a cup of this that I'm going to have to like tell somebody I'm drinking. I'm like, I'm sure I'm doing it wrong because you're supposed to control the temperature and put a timer on it and stuff. And I don't. And so I'm sure I'm brewing it wrong, but it's it's delicious. So I don't care. <laughs> I've been watching some Marvel movies with Spawn lately. You know, we looked up in some of the articles people have written online about what's the best order to watch the Marvel Universe movies in. And so we've been wor- working our way through those. And I, the weather was really pretty here yesterday, so I got to play in the garden some, which fed my soul. So that was nice. Mm. Um, the dirt was nice and warm, and the earthworms were happy. And, you know, we had some really good stuff going from all the leaves and stuff we piled into the raised beds last fall. And um, so that was nice. And then I've been roller skating a lot. I, we've been going to the roller skate lessons at the local rink every Saturday that we're in town. The whole family goes and we work on our skills. And so that's been a lot of fun. That's been really good. And I was, I've been feeling a lot more comfortable on my skates lately, which has been nice. So nice. that's what's exciting in my world. Kind of just some fun stuff. Really cool. I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, roller skating might be peak hipster. You think? I think it's up there. I don't know. So Spawn's been doing roller derby, and she she's really enjoying that. She's about to level up from level one to level two, which will mean that she'll actually be in bouts, which I have mixed feelings about because it means I'm going to have to drive places and mm. go to things. And I don't like driving places and going to things. You have a baby hipster. I don't know. It doesn't strike me as a hipster crowd, so maybe I'm just not tuned in. But um, Well, yeah. I mean, roller derby is like pretty inherently hipster is it okay yeah yeah all right i'll take it so uh, <laughs> just, just admit it <laughs> no it's just i just hadn't thought about it before i just had to you know like I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it so embrace it hipster mama okay i will i will <laughs> i'm on it i'm a hip hipster so so you ready to get started i am i'm, I'm completely ready for this all right so what we're going to talk about today is key rings and key ring systems. So for me being a kind of a latchkey kid in the 80s for a little while and always envying the kids who could find their names carved in wooden key rings <laughs> in the truck stop, <laughs> because I can tell you that Lenore was a never one of the options a single time in my entire life. And you know, was just, Leslie. Really? Yeah. Leslie was never available. Huh. That surprises me. I would have thought you could have gotten that. Nope. Um, you know, and now I just want to make sure I can get into where I need to be. So, Les, tell us what your system is currently. So, my system is currently very, very simple. I use Night Eyes Mini S-shape carabiners. They call them S-beaners. And I use the Micro-Lock Stainless Steel for my keys. So each one holds two to three keys, and then that can hook on to a larger system. And I have one for work and one for home. And then I have a Night Eyes Infinikey, which is basically a figure eight shaped thing with one clip on it that clips onto other things. And the, the S-beaners let just loop onto it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the links you put up. Yeah. Does that like figure eight loop, does the infinite key actually stay closed? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It is. It's a very springy steel though. So it flexes. And I've had, I've had the little, um, flipper thing. I don't know what that's actually called. The little locker uh, mechanism on the infant, the gate. Ah, there you go. You know what it is. Um, I've I had just that, made that up. <laughs> we'll go with it. The gate on the Infiniki, I've had that flip open, but then what ends up happening is it kind of presses against the opening anyway and keeps things inside. And then where like it pinches, at the waist of it, it's tight enough together that it doesn't let them yeah. off the big ring. Yep. Okay. So cool. things stay down on that. So I have used that because I, for my home keys, I only carry three keys. I carry the house key the back door key and the garage. And so when I was had a car that had a fob, then that would just get clipped onto the fob and to the key, if that makes sense. Yeah, what do you have the Infiniki clipped to? What do you mean? It clips to the fob. Right, right. But I mean, what are you using it to attach to? Oh, I... You're not doing the belt loop thing, right? Oh, hell no. Um, yeah. No, it's too heavy on my pants. <laughs> so that, Glad to hear it. So I keep that in my backpack. I have, a, a, you know, on my flapjack or in my other bags, I will clip it to... I actually sewed um, a stitched in a loop into the inner pocket of my flapjack so that that then clips to that outside pocket. So I can just flip my bag onto my left shoulder, hold it under my arm, pull that out and unlock the front door with it. Um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you actually see it. And then if you saw me do it, cause even my wife was like, Oh, I get that now. Is there just enough room for me to get it into the lock and op- open the door and then just tuck it back into the, into the pocket of the backpack. Okay. And then like if I'm carrying like my Baron Fig um, satchel or one of my other bags, I'll usually clip it to one of the zipper pulls and then tuck it inside a pocket. But yeah, I'm clipping it to something to keep it in the same place sort of of every bag that I use. I don't keep it in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. I, I find that too heavy to carry around in my pants. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes up too much space, even though it's I'm like, big. yeah. Oh, the Infiniki? No, it's actually quite small. Um, it, it, it looks big in the pictures, but it's very, very lightweight. Um, and it's not much bigger than a key. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it, it's, I'm just looking at it hanging on this guy's belt loop in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> it looks they make like it it's hanging look, pretty far down there. There are two sizes of it. Okay. Um, so there, or there used to be, and I have a smaller version. There's a, the like small, and then there's an extra large. Um, and I have the small version. Okay. So, yeah. And I just use that to keep everything kind of together. So that's my at home carry. And then I have my work keys and I have two. I have one for, I don't have one for the building, but I have one for the exterior door of our section in the big office space. Um, so where I work is in an office park. And so if the building is locked, I can't get into work, which I don't know if it's ever locked because every there we have businesses on the third floor with us that actually have office hours on the weekend. Oh yeah. So Oh yeah. It, I I'm pretty sure it's consistent constantly and consistently unlocked except for 
at night because I, I know actually that's not true. One of the businesses on my floor has like really, really late office hours. There are people there working. I sometimes leave at six o'clock at night and the office, um, there's like this hipster media company. That office is just getting going around six o'clock at night. Because people are coming in after their other jobs. Probably. So yeah, so the building's pretty much consistently open, so I don't really need to worry about having an exterior key, but I have a key to the ex outside of our offices, and then I also have a key for my actual office. So I'm only ever carrying those two keys, and those are, again, those are on a little locked S-beaner from Night Eyes, and I have had on that a little lanyard that I made out of um, paracord of mini paracord and it's like bright blue and i have in the past clicked that i had a like little mini beaner that i clipped to a belt loop but i haven't needed to carry it at work um of late because there's nothing locked once i'm at work so what i tend to do is just leave that in my bag because i'm usually getting to work after other people and locking the door i don't i don't need a key to actually lock the door i just need to press a button so I rarely ever use my keys at work. So they just live in my bag. So Yeah, that makes sense. And and so much of this is just about how many keys you carry and what you need them for. Yeah, I mean, really, I only ever carry on a regular basis, I carry five keys. I don't like now that I'm not carrying a car key, it doesn't weigh down nearly as much as it used to because the car keys were and the fob were very heavy. And when I was driving... I did leave my three keys on my car fob because I don't think it weighed down the ignition switch enough to damage it. Unlike my wife, who she used to carry a key ring on a on a lanyard with like 12 other keys because she had keys to the house, keys to work, plus the fob for work because she had a built she was going in and out of a building that used a fob to unlock. So there was the fob to get into the building plus the fob for the car itself, the car key, and then like a big like jangly set of different like decorative keychains. And we actually did have a problem with our Volkswagen when she was doing that because it was weighing down the it broke it. So the car would like click 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 click. Right. Oh my God, it was so annoying. Um, and so she didn't believe me that the problem was her keychain. And then the, um, then the guy at the garage was like, yeah, so your problem is your gigantic, ginormous, unmanageable keychain that you're leaving connected to your car key. Like just get something so you can disconnect your car key from your, your giant weighed down key thing like she had keys on that keychain that were like from years ago that didn't unlock anything she gave it up when we moved into the house and she's like oh i don't need all of these keys anymore and now she literally carries just a a key ring with the front and, and back door she doesn't have a garage key she chooses not to have the garage key she leaves it here well if she doesn't need it then that totally makes sense yeah you know, and I just, cause it was often that I would get into the car and I would need to do something to the car. And that's why I always kept the garage key on the keychain. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at this, um, I'm looking at actually the S beaner and I mm -hmm. used to have some of those and I'm now I'm yeah. trying to remember, like, I don't know what happened to them. 
because I'm like, oh yeah, I had those. I yeah. was, I used to use those and I'd forgotten completely about it. So one of the problems, so I have a lot of SBNers. The problem that I had is that the smaller size, actually I all of the sizes of SBNers, if you don't get the micro locking version or the, the one with the lock in the middle, what I found is that keys would fall off of them. Yeah, they would like get flipped around because mine yeah. weren't locking. That's yeah. a new thing since so, since I had mine. Yeah, the micro lock is absolutely essential at keeping those keys on there, particularly if you're keeping them in your pocket because that's what I used to do with my keychain. It always lived in my pocket. And, you know, they're a little more expensive, but if you're, you know, I would every time I went into Home Depot, I'd just throw another package of them into my cart. Not as expensive as replacing a key. This is true. This is true. Um, so yeah, so I would buy, you know, every time I would go in, I would buy another like set of SBNers. Um, and I just switched over to the micro lock version and they work. The, the, the lock keeps that the gate in place. So in terms of the other questions, I don't have any decorative elements on my keys. I do have a little leather wrap that goes around my house key so that I can differentiate the house key from the other keys. And I have that at work too, so I can differentiate the exterior key from my office key because they all look the same. All of the keys in the building for work look the same. And my front door and garage key look exactly the same. So it's Yeah. And I have that and I just go by what order they're in. Like if I ever take it off and don't put it back on the right way, I can't get into anything. Yeah. Um, but like the little leather wrap just sort of like lets me really quickly identify by feel so I can reach into my backpack, grab that leather key or the leather key wrap. And I know that one is the one for the front door. The practical thing that I have on my key chain is the Night Eyes doohickey multi-tool. They have several doohickeys and I have the most simple version, which is like a little flat pry bar with a sharpened corner so you can open boxes because one of the things that I can't, I used to carry a mini Leatherman or a Gerber dime on my keychain or in my pocket. And now that I work in therapeutic settings, I'm not allowed to carry. Actually, I am at my new location. I could, I could carry a knife. I would probably, it would be frowned upon if I started carrying like, you know, one of my, a cricket, my, or um, my CRKT, or um, Spider Co. If I start carrying one of those knives, I might get some side eye. But if I carried a multi tool, it would probably be okay because it's less weapony than a knife knife. Um, so anyway, but I switched over to the little multi pocket size multi tool for opening boxes and things like that because it's um, really easy to use and it doesn't have a really uh, anything that could actually cut someone. It'll poke through. It'll poke through like plastic tape and stuff like that, but it's not going to cut your flesh. And it, it, it acts as a keychain on its own. I've never had any problems with the gate on that. And that I keep clipped to one end of the S-Beaner for my work keys. And that just lives in my backpack now. I don't put any identification on my keys. And I wouldn't want to do that for work anyway. Um, I could put on something like something so that if I did lose it, someone could mail it back to me. And like the last place where I worked, if you lost your keys... They would rekey the whole building. Actually, that that was the case for several of the places where I've worked in the past, where if you lost your keys, it was a huge deal because they would rekey the whole building. Um, and you got in a lot of trouble. Like um, when I was at the 
market. Um, if you lost your keys, you were written up for losing your keys. It was like a huge, huge deal. And the last place where I worked, it was less of a huge deal. They weren't going to write you up. You were definitely going to get yelled at by your boss, but not as big a deal, even though it was technically more of a big deal if you lost your keys at, at the last place where I worked, because it's like HIPAA violations if you lost a key. Um, and where I am now, it could also be a HIPAA violation if I lost my key and someone could identify it and where I worked. So I'm just like no identification on my keys and I don't have any identification on my home keys either. What about you, Lenore? What's your system? So I've been using the, um, free key system for a long time since, you know, John Fontaine used to carry them at metal shop CT. Yeah. And, um, I checked to see if he still had them and, and he has them like there's, there's item listings for them, but they're listed as sold out. So I don't know. I got on to order some from him a couple of years ago, the last time I needed to buy some more little rings and he didn't have them in then. So I don't know how, you know, I don't know if he's had them back in the meantime and it's just, I've happened to catch it when they were out twice, but, um, they've got them on Amazon and they're, I really like this system because it's, it's like the traditional split ring, but it winds around, um, the way it winds around, there's like a little hump in the middle wind so that you can just pinch it and it opens up the gate to let you slide your key on. Hmm. And it's hard to, like, it's hard to describe, but if you look at it on the, in the pictures, it's, it works really, really well. You don't have to try to get your fingernail or pry something under the, the edge of the ring to get a key started going on or off. And then the idea is that you have these little bitty rings that you can put your keys on the little bitty rings if you want to split them up different ways. And so for me, I mean, I do have a lot of keys that I carry basically every day. And I've got my house key and my office on one little ring together. And then I've got three other keys for work that I use often enough that I carry them around with me instead of leaving them, you know, like in my desk drawer or something. One lab and one conference room and then the main office where the mail room and the copy machine are. I, you know, like I need those pretty often. So I carry those with me day to day. I need the main office almost every day that I'm at work. And those are on, you know, those three keys for work that aren't just my office key are on one ring together, one little ring. And then I've got my car key on a separate little ring because like if I go into the skating rink, I can take just my car key in my pocket instead of taking my whole, my whole key ring. Or if I'm traveling, I can have my car key in my pocket and not have to carry the whole ring when I'm not going to be using them. I'm not going to be near those places. And then I've got a ring that has all the little the Walgreens and the CVS and the library card and the grocery store card. And what do we got here? Dick's Sporting Goods and the no- local nursery, <laughs> you know, like all you those little plastic. You don't have those plastic. in your phone? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, I don't really like, first of all, I don't really like putting stuff on my phone anyway. And second, I don't usually have enough space to put a bunch of apps on there. Mm-hmm. So when it has to be an app, like that's no good. And I don't mind the little plastic things because I don't usually carry my keys in my pocket. So I actually, I use an app for that called Cardstar. It's just mm. one, one app and you scan in all of those cards and then, like, when I go to the store, I open that app, then I pop Stop and Shop open or 
Staples or H Mart or the library, all of that is stored in my phone and they can just scan it right on my phone. Okay. Yeah, because most of these, like, I don't have, I don't fill in the phone number thing. I just get the little card and use it, and they don't have me in their database, which yeah. they do, because I'm also occasionally using the debit card or something. But, you know, it's just kind of my rebellion against the, you have to give us your data to get the sale price. Yeah. So, you know, having the physical card, um, I can't type in my phone number if I, <laughs> you know, if I don't have the card with me. They're like, you can just right. put in your phone number. And I'm like, well, no, I can't. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't give you my phone number. But, um, you know, I don't mind having them on there and they're not heavy. And then my car key, you know, I've got this Honda car key and it's a fob and it doesn't fold in. It's not the kind where the key part swings in. Mm-hmm. So it's lo- it's not even that it's heavy. It's that it's long. It's that it's really like just long, mm-hmm. which is irritating. But it's, you know, the fact that I can slide it off of the rest of the key ring and leave it at the mechanics if I drop my car or leave it take it with me and leave my other keys is nice. And that's that it's easy to get on and off because of the free key system. And then I have a, uh, like dog leash clip, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I have that on there because I clip my keys, even when they're in my bag, I clip them like where the handle attaches to the bag. Oh, yeah. So that my keys are hanging inside, but I can, you know, I can see where they are and I can grab them from the outside really easily. Yeah. I used so to I use, use that a, all the time. I used to use a Tom Ben. They call it a leash. It's got two little clips on each end. Yeah. And then a length of um, nylon webbing. Between yeah. The I two. don't like their plastic clips. Like they they're not. Well, they break, but they're also just not quite big enough to go around on some of my bags. And they're harder to get off when they're too small. So this is like, this is like a hefty, <laughs> this is a big, it's the heaviest thing on the whole key ring. The heaviest single thing on the whole key ring is this clip because it's like the size you'd use for like a German shepherd leash or something like that. Wow. So that it has a big enough throat to go around whatever the attachment for my, my strap is. Cause I've had smaller ones and they just weren't good. You know, they just didn't it was too hard to get them on and off and I needed to be able to do it with one hand and all of that. So it's a hefty piece, but that that's the heaviest thing on there. And then I've also got this dorky little bitty bottle opener. It's this little tiny titanium bottle opener thing. And it's basically just the little hook and you use the key ring as the lever to pop the bottle top oh, off. Oh yeah. That was a Kickstarter. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter. I got it from the Kickstarter and it it's crap. It does not work. It's not a good tool. <laughs> Just in case anybody was wondering, it's not actually an effective way to open bottles. You would be better off like having a real bottle opener. But it it just makes me smile seeing it on there. I like it. So it's on there. And it like, you know, it weighs nothing and mm. I had a Kickstarter like, like that. Um I actually it was it was a little multi tool thing like my doohickey, but it was only an inch and a half long and it had the same thing it had like a, a little bottle opener on it and a scraper and then a thing so that you could use it to click onto those little um for screwdrivers you know little screwdriver bits you could fit this oh yeah over yeah a screwdriver bit and theoretically get a grip on it so that you could you know tighten a screw um the thing was utter trash it it was so small you couldn't get enough of a grip to pop open a beer bottle. Right. Yeah. Um, 
the only thing that was actually useful on it was the scraper. And that actually gave me like incredible wrist pain to use. So it was garbage. It was trash. Utter trash. I mean, sometimes something seems like a good idea and then it's just like it doesn't, it's not an improvement, right? Yeah. Hmm. That's the Icarus point. Indeed. Which, by the way, we say all the time in our family, like, I mean, just whatever. We're just like, don't get too close to the sun. (laughs) (laughs) It comes up a lot in the skating rink, too. (laughs) The way for calling people out for showboating. So I was looking at some other things online. And, of course, there's all these things. I don't like the little plastic, not plastic, the little leather thing that's kind of like a wallet for your keys. Yeah, it doesn't look like it would work for my purposes. In the summer, I like I've either got them in my hand or I clip them to my bag. Even if I'm wearing jeans with pockets that are big enough, theoretically, like I kind of just don't like having the weight and the bulk in there. But in the winter and fall, I'm just throwing my keys into my coat pocket. And it's really nice. Um, So yeah, I was looking at this it's at gallantry.com and they it's a Knox titanium keyring and it's really pretty. Uh it's a decagon. And ooh. That's yeah, it, and it, pretty. It is pretty and like I kind of you know even though it's 19 bucks I kind of want one. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to do it. But but it's titanium. It is. It's titanium. <laughs> and and uh, it's got all those facets on it. It does. Look at Isn't it pretty? So I was looking at that. And I'm, like I said, I used to carry those S-beaners. And I think, I think the problem I had with them was really just that. And I was using like little individual rings that were united onto one of those. Mm. But like I said, I didn't have the locking ones. I think that's probably why I quit using them is they were just too easy to kind of twist around and pop off. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that there's locking ones, I might just keep keep some of those on hand. Because the other thing is when I travel a lot, you know, and if I, all I need to take is a house key just to get back in the house after taking a taxi home from the airport, which we live close enough to the airport that, you know, unless we're going to be gone for a really short period of time, it's cheaper for us to take a taxi than to leave a car in the parking lot. Yeah. So the other thing that they have on Gallantry that um, I've been very interested in and I haven't actually tried are the key bars and the key smarts, um, which are kind of a like knife style key keeper type thing. Um, and I've been very, very tempted to pick up one of those in the past, but I don't really carry enough keys to do that. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to buy one. Oh yeah. Like it folds in like hex keys. Yeah. Or the orbit, which is like a leather loop with a a clip on it. And then that same kind of system. Yeah. And so I had actually looked at some of those keepers the last time I was in the market. Yeah. And the problem with those was really that I'm so often changing the configuration. Mm Mm-hmm that it just didn't work for me. So like, I think if you had the same, if you had a medium number of keys and you carried all of them all the time, yeah, then that would really make a lot of sense. But you know, when I'm like pulling off the office keys to leave at home when I go out of town and I'm pulling off the house key to take with me, if I go out of town, not in my car right. and I'm pulling off the car key to take in, 
when I don't want to carry my bag and I just want to have the car key in my pocket and I leave the bag locked in the car, you know, like this, um, that system just didn't make any sense for me. Yeah, it would make what you'd have to do is you would have to have one for work and one for home. You'd have to separate them because like if you're changing that configuration a lot, you'd have to have multiple key smarts. Right. And then that means I'm having to think every time I leave the house about which keys I need to have with right. me. Right. And I'm not intelligent enough for that. Who so, is in the morning when they go to work? Like, you know, <laughs> like, I just want to grab and go. I don't want exactly to just it just needs to have everything on there by default. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the orbit would make sense for your system. Because it's three keys or, or maybe more, plus a loop to keep them on a central, like, Oh, station. yeah, I see. Yeah, that's not um, bad. But even still, like, you know, then you're purchasing multiple $40 <laughs> items. Yeah, this thing is $44. Wrangle, yes. To wrangle your keys. Yeah. Oh, I'm it, sorry. If you get the canvas one, it's only 35 So, yeah. I mean, I can't afford not to get that. Well, then they, there's a key smart that's $20. But then that's, that's again, you'd have to have, figure out which six keys or eight keys or however many keys make that worthwhile. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work for my purposes, but it would be really nice because it looks like it would fit in your pocket really smoothly. Yes. And, and then think, the weight would be dangling on the, oh, and then there's like the car key is just going to be separate from that because it's got yeah. the giant freaking plastic thing on it. Right. So you've got to still got to separate things like that would make sense for someone like me. I'm carrying three keys for work and three keys for two, two keys, two keys for work and three keys for home. Yeah. So like something like the orbit would make sense for me, but I don't want to spend that. I don't keep it in my pocket. So there's no necessity for me to make it all sleek and slim. Right. Oh, and the key bar is made in us. I like that. Hmm. But anyway. Um, oh, and then actually, um, so this is not on my key ring, but I have it clipped into my bag is, um, it kind of looks like this key safe that's on the gallantry site, except it's yep. not that brand. I think it was one I picked up off Woot like 10 years ago. Who knows? But I have one of those that has like an emergency 50 in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I can, you know, buy gas if I am somewhere without, uh, if I, if I go in and find out I've left my wallet somewhere, I can still. Oh, get gas or not have to go back home for the wallet before I can pick up whatever it was I was running out to the grocery store for five minutes to get. When I was in my undergrad, I um, was headed home to visit my family and I stopped and I feel in Maine, you can fill up with gas without prepaying. Mm -hmm. So I went to the, I went to the you know gas station, I filled up my car and I got in and petted my pockets. I had left my wallet in my apartment. And you had already filled up your car with gas. I had already filled up my car with gas. And I was like, and I, I lost my mind in, in the gas station. I was like, oh my God, I forgot my wallet. I am so sorry. I will be right back in a half hour. Um, and sped back to my apartment and then made my way back to the gas station. And they had changed shifts in the meantime. <laughs> And so then, like, you know, they had actually left a note saying, you know, this person in a red Subaru um, is coming back to pay for their gas. And I did. I went back and they're like, you know, most people don't come back. I'm like, yeah, but I'm I'm not. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, you know, back then it was like 
1997 or something. So gas was only like a dollar ten up in Maine. But even still, I was like, ah. And after that, I threw a $20 bill in my glove compartment. Right. Um, which, you know, now that the car is sitting in our driveway, I've taken the 20 out. But yeah, um, I always kept a $20 bill in the car just in case. Yep. I forgot. My exactly. Wallet. Yeah. Because we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has. Everyone's done it at least once um, or has the fear that they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, oh, so- and then I don't have identification on my I don't have any decorative or practical elements um other than the clip and the you know stupid little useless bottle opener thing the theoretical <laughs> bottle opener and i don't have anything on here that has my name but the little cards would you know it would get back to me potentially yeah potentially hopefully you know one hopes but yeah so that's it well good i mean it sounds like actually i'm I, one thing about it is I was like, should I be doing something different? Is there something better that I should be doing here? Mm-hmm. Cause I've kind of like fallen into this sort of local minimum of this thing that works pretty well, but maybe there's room for improvement. But I, you know, in trying to do a little bit of research and look at the options for this, I think I'm really in a good spot actually. I think like so. I've, I think it's working really well for me and I don't think I'm like, I'm not seeing anything on here that I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what I've been needing all these years. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like I like I said, I used to carry like a big giant keychain and I used to I've done the thing where I've done the clip on my pocket and carry it around my keys in my pocket and I just don't need to do that anymore. So I've like gone really super minimal with my keychain and I like that. I like having as few keys as possible, but I know that there's a possibility that at some point I could go and work somewhere where all of a sudden I need to carry a fob and an exterior key and an interior key and then an office key and it's just a reality i think for some people that they're going to carry a ton of keys and then how do you manage all of those keys yeah and how do you manage like having them when you need them because the other thing i i tried for a while was just keeping my office key and my house key on my key ring because normally my building's unlocked when I'm coming in and then if I'm coming in on the weekends or you know after they've got it closed then uh, you use your ID to get in mm-hmm. it's got the little you know the little electronic reader yeah. thing that you and and I can just pat my wallet against it now it used to not be sensitive enough I would have to actually take the card out and rub it on there but it's better now mm. You know, so I tried taking off the little ring that has the lab and the conference room and the office downstairs. But, you know, then there's a lot of times I teach evening classes. There's a lot of times I'm stopping by the office downstairs on the way out of the building to drop something in the mailbox, right? Or that Mm -hmm. that's my first stop coming in. So then that's back on, you know, and then I'm like, then there's two keys I'm leaving in my office in case I need them. But then I have to remember to grab them if I need them, you know, and if I just needed to run in there and drop something off, I would again have to go to my office first. So it just kind of became not worth it. But if I had, you know, if I had six or seven keys to different things in the building instead of three, I would probably be 
leaving those in my office rather than carrying them around, you know, and it's just kind of where you find the balance that actually works. Like with everything else, you know, like we always see new people coming into one of the groups and saying, well, what's the best pencil sharpener? What's the best eraser? And I'm like, well... (laughs) How are you going to use it? It depends really, really heavily on how you're going to use it and as in what other tools you're using, right? Because you can't really say what's the best pencil sharpener or what's the best eraser without knowing what kind of pencils and what kind of paper the person's using, right? Right. So there's a whole kind of interplay there. Well, it's like, you know, you got to know what pencil is going to be used because if you use the Pollux on, say, a Archer, you're going to lose 90% of your Archer to the Pollux. Um, <laughs> but if you use the Archer in the Masterpiece, it sharpens up lovely. Yeah. I mean, clearly we need a flowchart, right? Absolutely. So just uh, to uh, further establish my peak hipsterness, uh, oh, yes? my, wife, my wife just came into the office and brought me a bottle of kombucha. Nice. <laughs> And it's actually uh, one of my favorite, favorite brands and flavors. It's the Asian Pear and Ginger by Wonder Drink. I think we need that sound clip. That was a really, that was a solid sound clip. I'm going to, I'm going to crack it again. Oh, lovely. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, uh, Nice. It'll probably, probably when you edit, that'll get, (laughs) that'll get like burned out. Um, But I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> uh, that I I don't know if like did you see any of my pictures of uh, my scoby and um, my brew last week? I did. They were yeah. adorable. <laughs> um, I did. Um, I I did a knockoff version of this particular flavor because the pear ginger is my favorite. Um, so I made my own ginger pear kombucha, and I finished the last one last night. Oh wow! So when you you were talking about it with some people in the uh, Facebook group, and I I made mead a couple of times. Nice. Um, well, and I the recipe that I was using is actually in this book that we use for some of the intro chem labs. That's Caveman Chemistry, and it's two liter pop bottle mead because Ooh, you don't cool. have to, yeah because you don't have to have any equipment for it mm. um, because you can just burp the two liter pop bottle. Yep. A couple times a day when it's going good. And I was making a kind of dry one. So it almost tasted more like a lager than a wine. Nice. It was really good. I need to do that again, actually. It was it was really tasty. And it wasn't so much like you don't have to bottle it because it's already in a two liter pop bottle. You know, mm-hmm. if you're you can just uh, kind of drink it out of the bottle and, stick you know, stick the bottle in the fridge and and um, drink it out of that. So, it you know, it becomes really accessible because you're not doing large batches and you don't need any equipment for it. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. But I've never, um, I've resisted getting into the brewing that requires lots of equipment (laughs) because my tendency is always to want to start a project that requires lots of equipment because I love buying all the tools. Yeah. But then I own the tools. So. (laughs) Well, kombucha takes very, very little tools. I really just need some glass containers to brew it in. But um, I used to do... You don't have to have a you don't have to have a um a gas lock on nope. it. No, it needs oh. open air to brew. Oh, and the, okay. The actual the scoby the the or some people call it the mother mm-hmm. is actually what creates the gas lock. So it's like a mushroom that sits oh, on top okay. and floats on top of the culture and locks out the air. Right. 
Cool. So, yeah, it's really cool. Like I was like I get really ridiculously excited about like watching it grow. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I feel you. Such a nerd. I'm such a nerd with it. But I've done like the beer and the wine and I did some um what was it? Um plum rice wine once and that was really tasty and i like there are a lot or there used to be a lot of online groups where you could get the information on how to brew in smaller batches i used to do a lot of ginger ale too Um, and that's just done in in two liter soda soda bottles as well yeah which i i looked up some recipes at some point but it it was when spawn was little and i just didn't have space in my life to Mm. have another baby (laughs) so (laughs) i should revisit that and try it again because i love ginger ale ginger beer love it yeah um like this last kombucha batch christy said that when it was iced it tastes a lot like ginger ale or ginger beer because the pear flavor is very subtle but the ginger hits you in the face yeah which is exactly how i like it yeah i mean i've rarely had anything that was too gingery for me oh yeah i like it when the ginger burns and i I like if i'm doing smoothies i use you know a good three inch knob of ginger Mm. (laughs) yep yeah so anyway all right well thank um, you so much for this thank you and uh maybe you'll get into kombucha you know i i Again, like I just, I can't take any more hobbies right now. You know, (laughs) I just do not have space for it in my life. But, you know, it's one of many things I would like to pick up at some point. What I really should be doing is baking more bread. Like that's the next thing I should pick up. Oh, we've been doing that too. I accident, I forgot about my bread overnight. Oh, yeah. I accidentally made a sourdough starter. You sure would. Yeah. And it's amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, I um, I used to make a lot of bread. And then we had this woman at the farmer's market who made this just incredible honey whole wheat bread. I mean, it, it just it tasted like love. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and I would get that every week and I would just cut myself like this inch thick slice of it and stick in the toaster oven and you know, put some butter on it or not. And, and it was wonderful. Mm. But then she retired from baking for the farmer's market. And I kind of floated around looking for anything that was close and there was just nothing. So I'm just going to have to start baking again, but, um, check out Breadtopia. It's a forum online and it has all kinds of amazing recipes. Plus people really like, if you think I'm nerdy about my kombucha, like, (laughs) (laughs) whoa, people will document everything about their bread baking. Like I let my poolish sit for this amount of time. I fed it this blah, 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 blah. There are spreadsheets, there are recipes, there are photos. It's just, Breadtopia is a really, really great forum if you want to do bread baking. I'm going to check it out, but I'm perfectly capable of baking very good bread. I mean, the recipe that I used to bake all the time was pretty close to what this woman at the farmer's Mm. market did. You know, when it was on, it was about the same, you know, and when it was half-assed, it was close enough, (laughs) you know, but it just because she was doing it and it was a thing that I could kind of take out of my life and and have. So, yeah, I mean, I can bake, but I'm going to check out Breadtopia anyway. But no, I just haven't kind of gotten it rotated back into my life as kind of a regular thing yet i need to i used to do and i need to see if i can find my recipe in my journals a no need bread with beer in it 
it was whole wheat, half, it was like half whole wheat, half white flour, had a half a bottle of beer and um, some yeast. And that was one of the most amazing, delicious breads ever. And you just let it sit overnight and then you would pour it into um, a, a bread pan and bake it. Um, so is this, was this Bretopia? Um, I don't think I did. I looked for it on Bretopia. Is there no need bread? Um, but I'm, I think it was like their basic beer, no need bread recipe. And I tweaked it a little bit for my own purposes. Cause I wanted to make sure I was using entire bottle of beer. Ah, why? Um, well, cause I didn't want to waste any. And I mean, there was always, you know, <laughs> I would drink some, but, uh, waste beer (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah because it was it was based off of like a 12 ounce bottle and i had 16 ounce bottles at the time i I don't remember exactly what it was but i did tweak my recipe because you know isn't that what you do with recipes is you tweak them and make them your own it's what i do but apparently there are people well okay so a friend of mine was talking about cooking with her sister-in-law and like the woman was just following recipes so closely mm-hmm. that she was going to throw away a teaspoon of chopped shallots because she had an extra teaspoon of chopped shallots over the amount of chopped shallots the recipe called for. Oh, that's sad. I know. It's weird is what it is, but you know. Well, that's that. You know what that is? That's someone who's had some pretty serious baking and cooking failures. Yeah, but I mean, I... You just, you can't have cooked very much if you're going to think that an extra teaspoon of chopped shallots is going to ruin your recipe. Or like you have just screwed up so many recipes. I don't know. Like, can't let go. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. I should walk a mile, right? We all should. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, all right i think we hit everything i think we have i think we've hit everything and then some yeah as usual (laughs) so i do want to take a moment to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and on the facebook group uh it's really wonderful to get so much support from everyone so we just want to give a quick thanks to everyone who continues to support us and has joined the facebook group and if you have time please do give us a review on itunes we would appreciate that very much um hopefully we'll have dade back for our next episode um you can find us online uh i'm at lenore hoyt on twitter and i am on facebook through the erasable group or through the RSVP group. Dave, you can find at weeklypencil.com on Facebook at the weekly pencil on Instagram and Twitter at the weekly pencil. And Les, tell us where we can find you. Well, you can find the podcast at RSVP stationary podcast.com. You can find me at comfortable shoes, studio.com Facebook at comfortable shoes, studio and Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.